this week on the Veterinary Viewfinder, an update on the Veterinary Nurse Initiative from one of the opposition's leading voices, Liz Houston. You want to stick around for this one. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And nothing could be more tough and topical than the Veterinary Nurse Initiative. Now, we've been going back and forth on this issue for the past several years, and this week we are so pleased to have one of the leading voices in opposition to the VNI. And so before we get into all of that and introduce our very special guest, as always, I am your host, Dr. Ernie Ward. I'm Dr. Cindy Courtney. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And I'm really excited to introduce our guest, although she doesn't need much of an introduction to you listeners out there because she's actually been with us before in the past. Our guest today is the founder of Vet Tech Expert, a relief company out in California. And you see her name all over everything veterinary technician because she's super involved from everything from the Academy of Internal Medicine to Cannabis Academy uh, to the actual National Veterinary Professional. Union. We are so excited to have you back today, Miss Liz Houston. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here and I really appreciate the opportunity to come and talk with you all today. Well, Liz, you're a fantastic guest and you're very knowledgeable in this particular space. And and this this actually goes back to we had Mark Cushing, who is the lead attorney for the VNI initiative nationally. And so we had him on the podcast, I don't know, a month or so ago. And you put on our Facebook post after listening to that podcast. And I really appreciate it because you always give us really good feedback, but you said there were several things that you just disagreed with. So we, I reached out to you immediately and said, Liz, let's get you on here. Cause I know, I mean, I really appreciate your perspective and opinions. So let's just sort of review that. Like what were some of the, the main criticisms and oppositions you had to like what Mark Cushing and some of the other people involved with the VNI are up to? Yeah. Thanks so much. And I really do appreciate your, uh, inviting me back, like, like you said, immediately. It was uh, very heartening to me and I appreciate it very much. Um, So first I'd like to say I'm not opposed to the VNI as a whole. There, I agree with everything the VNI wants to do. The only thing that I am opposed to is the trying to change our title to the title veterinary nurse. So literally it's just the title that I'm that I have issue with, everything else um, makes complete sense to me. We need to standardize the requirements to become a credentialed veterinary technician. We need to make sure that there is title protection in every state. My ideal would be that we also have uh, restricted job tasks that only credentialed veterinary technicians or veterinarians can do in every state. So in that way. We are completely aligned, um, and uh, I. The only thing is the is the issue with the title nurse, and the problem with the title nurse is um, that it is legally protected by another profession, and uh, I think that it's not. It doesn't make us look great if we are uh, trying to take the legally protected title of another profession in addition to the legal issues involved with it. Right. And and I think, you know, that's, that's a really great point and one that bears repeating and Mark Cushing, you know, and of course anybody close to the VNI will tell you the major lobby against this. So what will derail the VNI nationally within state legislatures, 
all across the country is the nursing lobby, the human nursing lobby. So, yeah, so Liz, as, as we get into that, what is it about the title nurse that they are clinging to? Uh, so the, you know, <laughs> I'll take a little bit of an issue with the term clinging, um, because I think that makes it seem as if, uh, <laughs> as if they're doing something they're not entitled to do in a way. Um, they have a legally protected title. Um, they have worked for over a hundred years to set up title protection for themselves. They, uh, pref- they police their own profession. They have state boards of nursing. Um, they go after people that use the title inappropriately or illegally. So that is uh, that's something that they uh, have worked very hard for, as I said, over 100 years to protect their title, um, as well as uh, go after people who are using it inappropriately or illegally. Um, so that is their right. That, that is their right as a profession. And they have done an extraordinary job at it. And as such, they really have a lot of respect tied up in their title. Um, and uh, I don't think we can downplay the role that that title protection plays in the respect for the title that, that they have uh, with the public and within the human healthcare profession. Right. And I think that's a really good point. And I I totally respect and appreciate that perspective on it. Of course, then the counter argument goes like this. It's like nurse and nursing actually is much broader than the human scope. And it means a lot of things to a lot of different people. So, but you're right. They have earned in many states uh, the right, the legal right to retain that. So that's, it's a great point. Yeah. And I think that is, for me, that's a really huge part of this issue is um, that when we look at the relationship with the with human nursing, for example, um, we didn't build the consensus with them that we needed to before we started this mm-hmm. work. Um, and Good I point. think if we had worked yeah. harder to build consensus, we may have either decided to work towards a different unified title um, or if, you know, maybe we could have brought the nurses around to, um, you know, to, to uh, the comparison between our two professions. But I think the big issue that nurses have, and it's not just about the word nurse, it's everything that comes along with that word. And what we have done in the veterinary industry, unfortunately, over the, you know, 50 or 60 years that we've been a profession, is we have allowed the title for support staff to be diluted over that time. Right. And this is our fault, right? right. This is right. organized veterinary technology's fault. This is organized veterinary medicine's fault. Um, sorry, veterinarians, but no, this I is this fair. is yeah, this is our fault because we have veterinarians out there calling everyone on their staff their techs. Worse than that, we already have veterinarians out there calling everyone on their staff nurses. And that really drives nurses crazy. Yeah. And actually, I was going to bring that up because I remember from even the early days of Banfield, they were referring to all their team members as veterinary nurses very early on. So, yeah. And not only that, but I have colleagues who have uh, told stories of actually being told to 
downplay their credential not to use it so much because it actually kind of hurt the morale of the non-credentialed employees around her. <laughs> okay, so so getting back to this to this title, right? So you're proposing just sticking with the registered veterinary technician as a universal title. Is that right? Yeah, I, to me, it makes the most sense. Now, we have five titles currently in right. use in the United States. So everybody probably has a little bit of a, of a emotional connection to their own title. I happen to hold three out of four of the titles in the U.S. I'm an RVT, a CVT, and an LVT in three different states. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but... Oh my I do that. I did that just because I'm on the West Coast and it gives me a little bit more flexibility if I ever decide to move anywhere on the West Coast. Now, uh, the reason I think RVT makes the most sense is that it echoes human nursing in that it has the word registered in it. And registration has a certain connotation on the legal side of what the requirements are to become registered. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but bigger than that, Canada has standardized under RVT. So right, every right. province now uses RVT. There are still some AHTs, animal health technicians, that are, you know, working through the system um, through age or attrition, uh, but they have standardized under RVT. So what, if we could standardize under RVT, what that would do is unite our entire continent under one title for credentialed veterinary staff. And I think that would make a huge, that would give us huge headway into standardization and being able to educate both within our profession and the public. Okay, so Liz, so I have no disagreement with what you've said so far. I believe in universalizing the title. <laughs> that's probably a made up <laughs> word, but you know, I believe that's, you're the right. And honestly, I don't care what you call yourselves, right? I just know as a veterinarian, I'm very confused most of the time. <laughs> and I know the public is as well. So, so getting back to, to this whole issue of nurse versus RVT, um, the NAFTA started presenting some data showing that the vast majority of technicians, veterinary technicians, supported the use of the word nurse. Now, what is the reality here? Like, because you're saying, no, maybe not so fast. They're saying everybody wants this. Where's the truth? Well, that's a great question. And I do think it's a bit of a stretch to say the vast majority of technicians feel like we should be nurse. Um, they did a survey. And in that survey, the vast number of the respondents to that particular survey said, yes, we should be nurse. But um, we don't, when we look at the numbers in that survey, they're very small. So the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics says there are over 100,000 veterinary technicians and technologists in the U.S. And I think that that, um, that, that survey, I have to look up the exact numbers, but I think there were like 3,000 respondents. So you know, 3,000, right. uh, 80% of 3,000 is, is actually a very small number. On top of that, there was no context presented in that survey. So there was no opposition voice. There was no um, discussion of how much this was going to cost or how much time it might take or about the, in my mind, perfectly legitimate opposition from the human nurses. Well, has anybody done any follow-up surveys to say, well, you know, like, okay, so here's where we are several years later. What do you think now? Uh, no, but my understanding is they are planning one. 
Okay. And I guess my other question is just from a statistical standpoint, you know, of, of course, most surveys only survey a small portion of the population, unless you're talking about something like the U.S. Census. Um, the, the question comes about, you know, how is that survey modeling done? Are we talking about like a random sampling? Are we talking about a voluntary sampling? And so that's something that I'm not familiar with for that particular study in terms of whether it was just, you know, whether or not the statistical power of that study is enough to say, okay, well, yeah, it's a smaller percentage, but it's still enough to be representative. So, And, And I guess I find that, you know, Liz, this is the part that you're frustrated with and people like me are frustrated with because like, you know, I am, I believe in democracy. <laughs> and, and so, you know, when people tell me, look, we, we did this, we took a quote unquote vote on it, and this is what we wanted. So I'm going to be, I'm going to support you, right? I'm going to support whatever the majority wants. Sure. So and, that's why it's so confusing. Yeah. And it is, it's confusing even among um, credentialed veterinary technicians. So, you know, I think there were a few issues with that survey, um, which I have expressed before, and I have expressed directly to um, folks involved in the VNI and folks at NAVTA um, that, you know, the biggest thing for me is that there was no context provided. Um, no one said, hey, this is going to take 15, this could take 15 to 20 years, and it's going to cost us um, maybe up to $200,000, $250,000 a year. Uh, is this how you want the association to spend that kind of money. Um, So that context wasn't provided. So when you just ask, hey, would you like to be a registered veterinary nurse? Sure, that sounds great. Why wouldn't I want to be a registered veterinary nurse? Well, the title nurse is protected in 39 states and the nursing lobby is going to fight this and we haven't really laid the groundwork to um, to build consensus with nurses. We also haven't laid the groundwork to make sure that we have really firm title protection in place before we start changing the title to something that is well respected around around the US. Uh, so there's a lot of moving parts to it that I think when you do a survey, um, the danger is we all have our own biases and you can project your bias in that survey and you can create uh, the response that you want to see, unfortunately. Um, and I don't think anybody did it maliciously or purposely. I think that, you know, you want we they wanted to find out what people thought. But without providing the context, I don't think we can rely on the numbers that they're talking about. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I find this really interesting because, again, as you pointed out, it it's almost as if, well, certainly, personally, it sounds like you, you don't necessarily prefer the term veterinary nurse your the the main concern is as you mentioned not opposition to the veterinary nurse initiative it's almost a um unified credential first initiative is the alternative proposal so it's not a pro con as much as it is what's first is it name first is it credential first right and, and i think and when when, yeah. when i talk to the folks at the vni that is, i mean it is kind of a chicken and egg argument right because right, the, right. the folks there say well once we become nurses um the title protection and the respect is going to follow and but there's no um there are no specifics about how that title protection is going to happen and we have states in the united states plenty of us that have protection title protection on the books and yet in those states we still see the misuse of the title technician. Um, people are still calling everyone on their staff techs. Uh, and when you report 
misuse of the title in many of these states. The VMB, the state veterinary medical boards, have either no, they either have no interest in, in pursuing those claims or they have no resources, either in people or money, to pursue those claims. And I think they do that because it's a return on investment question. What, what are they getting out of it? And again, this goes back around to um, another big idea that I have that, um, that I would love to see the, maybe something the VNI could incorporate um, instead or in addition would be actually following the nursing profession and making our own state boards of veterinary technology so that we, prof we are policing and managing our own profession rather than having the veterinarians do it. Now, that's a huge ask. That's like a you know, 40-year project probably because governments don't want to create extra boards and extra layers of management and all of those things. And so, you know, we're kind of working in the framework that we have. So for me, the most important thing, and I think if you talk, when I talk to veterinary technicians online or in person, the most important thing for credentialed veterinary technicians, almost to a one, is I don't care what I'm called, but I need there to be a difference between a credentialed right. technician and an assistant. And I need that to be enforced. So I need it to be strict. I need it to be clear. And I want it to be enforced. And I don't want people who are not credentialed to call themselves whatever the, it is the name we decide to call ourselves. And you need it today. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, or yesterday, yesterday really would be yeah. 10 years ago. That would be great. <laughs> and you really do. Like, you really do need that today. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And a big part of this, I do have to say, unfortunately, you know, it does fall on practice owners, practice managers, and veterinarians. They're the people um, who have really... Uh, and and us, honestly, veterinary technicians as well, because none of us want to hurt anybody else's feelings. And so we have amazing on-the-job trained people, and we don't want to hurt their feelings. But the fact is, they are um, their assistants and not technicians until they become credentialed. Right. And to that exact point. So so this this podcast, much like the the Mark Cushing podcast, you know, I really try to just take a backseat and listen because I don't want to use, you know, the guest spot as my personal platform one way or another. It's not for me to sit here and debate one side or the other with you or with Mark, because it's it's a matter of, of getting our audience to be able to hear both sides on an even platform. So we've really kind of stepped back and just want to hear both of you guys out. But you you make such an important point right here. And it's, it's a major frustration. Because what we see regularly are people say regularly to my face, I was a technician, well, not credentialed. People in the middle of this conversation, in the middle of this argument on our own side say, well, I'm so tired of a name and what's in a name. These people are amazing and they've worked on our side for so long. And the division among ourselves is not going to get us to one side or the other. And and to the other side of that, and you, and you sort of answered it already, is then what's the actionable item? Because when people are listening to this podcast and they feel like inspired right now, what's the actionable item for them then? Where do they go when they fall on one side or the other to be involved, to make their voice heard and to get unity either on one side or the other, or at least on those two sides and, and people empowered, like you're saying, I'm sorry, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you don't have that credential. You don't get to use the job title. I know you're amazing. I know you do great things, but you haven't earned the title. Yeah, and I think veterinarians are looking for that as well. You know, I think veterinarians want to know 
you know, we want to support you guys. But again, when there's division in the in veterinary technician, veterinary nurse in that profession, we're unsure in terms of how to support you guys best. But I think it's clear that one of the first ways we can do that is even within our own profession saying, oh, you say you were a veterinary technician before you went to vet school? Well, were you really or were you a veterinary right. assistant? Um, right. Just even having those discussions within our, our own profession, within our own co- colleagues and saying, hey, let's let's start by using that terminology properly with the ter- terminology that we have. But I think that comes down to Miss Liz's point in the sense of that if we don't have protection over the skills and there's not differentiation of skills, then how do we look at our colleagues who are allowed to do the exact right. same things and tell them right. that they are not, right. you know, earning of our title because they are literally doing everything. And I can sit and say I have the book knowledge all day, every day, but I've worked with some amazing people who have been on the job for 20 plus years who have an incredible amount of knowledge and ha- have opened the books and, and obtained the knowledge on their own. And so it's like, it's a really sticky position, but I think really until that part is put into place, I, I think we have a really hard line of division and, and like Miss Liz said, we don't want to hurt each other's feelings and we're not even respecting it among ourselves. Right. So Liz, but I, I love what, what Becky said. So, I mean, are you banding together? Like you, you have to form a coalition I mean, do you have your own initiative? How can people who fall on your side of this argument help help you? Thank you so much. That's, I mean, I think that is it because so many of us feel so powerless. Um, we feel like our voice isn't heard. We feel like people aren't paying attention to us. Um, I, I have a hashtag that I use that I um, call howling into the wilderness, um, which I often feel like I am doing. Um, so there are a few things. We, we do have a Facebook group called Unite North American Veterinary Technicians. Um, and there we have pro- tried to bring together um, all credential technicians and credential technician students um, to talk about this issue, to talk about uh, what's going on, why is nurse a problem, you know, what is the, op- what is the opposition to that term, how can we work within our own state associations to create the change we want to see. And that's really the key, is being involved in your state veterinary technician association, because that's the place where legislative action happens in your state. And it is, it does take legislative action to make things happen. So that's one big way. And a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to get involved in like going to the state capitol or anything. Okay, here's the next thing you can do is in your practice, be cognizant and careful about the words you use and what you call people. And if your state has technician Um, veterinary technician title protection, be sure that your practice is following that. And you may have to sit down with your practice manager or your owner and talk about that and talk about how important it is to you that proper titles are used within your practice, that, that name tags have the right titles on them, that people are doing skills that are limited to them. If you're in a state that has restricted job tasks, not every state has restricted job tasks for veterinary technicians. So those are the things on the ground that you can do. And then having these discussions with your coworkers, with other professionals, um, to, to talk with them about the importance of title protection and proper utilization, meaning that 
people with the right title are doing the right job. So I find it really interesting, like Cindy mentioned that, or and Becky too, that you have people who have been doing this job on the job, right, for 20, 25 years and never went to school, didn't take the VTE, but have a ton of knowledge because they've taken it upon themselves to learn themselves, um, to grow their own knowledge base. Now, I compare those people to the brand new grad, right, who comes out of vet school. And I will tell you that sometimes these on-the-job assistants know a lot more than that brand new grad. But if those if those on-the-job trained assistants started calling themselves veterinarian, I'm guessing that people in in ownership positions <laughs> might start having a problem. Absolutely. So I think if we can draw those parallels for people so that they can see we have to pull this straw man apart, right? Take it to its logical end. Okay, you know, I have been practicing... 20 more years than you have in veterinary medicine. So I'm just going to call myself the doctor now. That makes sense, right? Because I've been doing it for a long time. I have good skills. My skills are better than yours. Um, so I'm just going to call myself doctor. <laughs> well, well, Liz, and let me, let me kind of explain why I got behind nurse early on. It was because of this exact dilemma that we're describing. There are so many people that are quick to reference themselves as a technician, a vet tech. Mm -hmm. And so what I was trying to do is create a new nomenclature. So I felt like unless you escaped that tech title, that you really were never going to distinguish that you were ac actually something credentialed and, and a higher knowledge base and responsibility level. So help me out with, with that aspect, because you see where I'm coming from. I'm like, oh, fine. Yeah. We've tainted, we've soured this term. Mm -hmm. How do I now elevate and transcend this legacy of everybody's attack? Right. And I think that is a big, um, that's a, another big thing that I hear from folks is, you know, tech is, is ruined. It, it's too ubiquitous. We're never going to change it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I am, I, I think that there is some truth. There's a kernel of truth to it. I do think think a new a whole new term is needed but i don't think it's right to take the title from another profession and i i, um, I like that i like this but do you, are, are, okay so I, I like where you're headed with this is is anybody thrown around alternative language yeah there are a few <laughs> way back when this first came out um i suggested the term verse v-u-r-s-e which nobody liked um and i get it it's it's a weird term um i've heard people say um Veterinary medical technician, VMT. Again, it still has technician in it, um, but it's closer to EMT, which is another title that people understand what they do. So okay. it kind of makes that um, link, which makes a little bit of sense to me. Um, but I think we do need new, maybe we need a whole new language, a whole new title for it. I don't know what that is. Um, you know, I think... I think we can reclaim technician. I think we can rebuild and reclaim technician, but it is going to take a concerted effort to do that. It seems to me that there there's potentially a lot of consensus around, you know, just the different priorities. You know, when we talked with, with Mark Cushing, one of the big things was, okay, what order is all of this happening in? And it sounds like there might be a different consensus about what order things should be happening in. So if, it, and I'm very excited to see technicians coming together and really I think it's helping coalesce the profession to to 
get people thinking about how they are as professionals, to get people excited about uh, doing something dedicated to their profession. Um, so, so I'm really excited about this, but folks who are interested in saying, hey guys, maybe we should revisit our priorities here in terms of what we're doing when, um, what is what are some of the best ways, both both from Liz's perspectives and, and Becky's perspectives, for them to reach out to some of uh, the organized veterinary technology folks and say, "Hey guys, can can maybe we work on this, you know, scope of practice first, and work on you know enforcing that that scope of practice first? Yes, I um, I do know that both NAVDA and the VNI have um, asked that people reach out to them and contact them directly. They do um, information sessions at just about every major conference, and people can go and ask questions there, the questions that they have, um, and and they can email the VNI and NAVDA leadership to express themselves, to express their concerns, their questions, or even just to let them know they think they're doing a great job and they're 100% behind them. They, they uh, have said multiple times that they want people to reach out to them directly. Um, so I, that's what I would encourage people to do. In addition to talking to their state association and talking to their state VMA. So I think those are the places where the biggest change is gonna happen because the VNI is relying on state organizations to push the initiative through. So whether you're really for or really against it, the state at the state level is where this conversation is happening. So you do need to be involved with your state organization um, and your state VMA. Liz, I hate to, this is probably an improper question, but if you had to guess, like where does it lie now? Where does this debate lie? Is it split 50-50? I mean, where... Like, what do you think your average colleague, veterinary technician, where do you think they are are at with their opinion? I think that that is a really good question. Um, I would say that most of the people I talk to, um, whether they're super pro-nurse or super anti-nurse, um, most of the people I talk to want a unified title and they want protection for that title, whatever it is. So that's really... I think that's probably okay. 90 to 100 percent of uh, credential right. technicians. OK, but but as far as the term like nurse versus tech, oh, if you had that, to guess. Uh, it's probably 50. I, you know, it's probably 50 50. I spend a lot of time um, with people uh, who don't want the term nurse. So I'm a little bit yeah. skewed. I have sure. a little bit of a bias, but it's probably 50-50, I would say, just just on the name. But when people hear, I'm telling you, when people hear the context, right. when they understand the issues around it, then they start thinking, maybe nurse isn't a good idea. Becky, I will, I will be very honest with you. Once again, Liz has done an impressive job with me. Uh, she is so articulate and cogent with her arguments. Uh, honestly, if I were you guys, you guys being veterinary technicians, uh, I, I would revisit this. I would do a better survey. I would try to figure out before you start spending gobs and gobs of money, like pull, put the brakes on it. I mean, figure out where you guys land because I mean, I'm Liz, I am more confused than ever. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I listening on my end, it sounds to me like, like you're saying there is consensus. There is consensus about what we need it, that we need title protection, that we need a good scope of practice. It's just a question of 
what is the best way to approach that and what is the best order to approach that in? And is right. there agreement about whether or not the current plan, which as we talked with um, Mark Cushing about, the current plan is to deal with those down the line. Like that's not even yeah, being yeah. addressed right now. Right now, the the plan is to get nurse across the board. And maybe when we sit down at the table, you know, people will in that context still come to the conclusion that pursuing veterinary nurse still is the best way to go. But it sounds like there maybe needs to be a bigger discussion about that. Well, one thing that I, I think we can take away from the entire thing is that, first of all, this process is organic. It's changing. It's a discussion that needs to be had. Uh, there needs to be unification on both sides. And, and you know, one thing that I take away from it that is really inspiring and that I have been enjoying um, kind of seeing happen is much like our political climate across the nation, sometimes it takes extreme circumstances to get people involved the most, right? And so as extreme as this is, it's really igniting a lot of passion on both sides. And maybe that's what this profession really needs for technicians to start to stand up one way or another because they have a more ignited passion. And so as completely controversial as this is, and as much as it can be debated on both sides, and it's a growing thing, it's a changing thing, there is time for your opinion, there's need for your opinion, and the involvement is essential. It's like Miss Liz said, get to your state association. If you don't have a very involved state association, reach out to NAVDA to find out how to get one going, because we're going to have to have strength in numbers either way. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think some of the takeaways in terms of things we can all be doing is one, in your day-to-day practice, be willing to talk about titles and be willing to stand up for the titles that we currently have and define even within your practice, you know, hey, even if our state doesn't have a good scope of practice, this is a, a national standard. You know, vet tech schools have a standard of what technicians ideally should be doing or not doing and and start discussions around that. Get involved in your state association, as Liz said. Um, I think as veterinarians, we can make sure we're reaching out to each other and enforcing the correct use of titles and then reach out to the Veterinary Nurse Initiative and share your opinion either way. So their website is veterinarynurse.org. Their email is info at veterinarynurse.org. And they have a Facebook page at Vet Nurse Initiative. So those are some great, great places to reach out, Becky. And I think absolutely, you know, it's worthwhile to hear the opinion no matter where you fall in this. So I know we have listeners that fall in every aspect of the veterinary industry. And we want to hear from all of you um, on what makes sense to you because some of you guys are paraprofessionals some of you guys are are not credentialed and you have a stake in this as well and I think it's interesting to hear where everyone falls and you know um, we kind of support having the opinion of everybody here on the podcast so you know find us on social media and and have this discussion because we're excited to hear what our listeners think where you guys fall on either side of the argument and and what you're doing to be involved to make sure your opinion's being heard yeah and I know uh both Liz as well as the folks that are working on the Veterinary Nurse Initiative, everybody is working so darn hard to try and move this profession forward. And just if you are excited about the changes that are happening in your profession, just reach out to them and say thank you because I know I've talked to a couple of them and like Liz was saying, howling into the wind, they're feeling pretty exhausted, <laughs> I think. And they, I'm sure, could really use your encouragement and just just a quick thank you for the changes they're trying to help make happen in the profession, I'm sure would go a long way. Yeah, and Liz, once again, thank you so much. I mean, your intelligence, your clarity, you are just a wonderful force in our profession. And, you know, Again, people may agree or disagree with certain you know, opinions and stance that you make, but 
by golly, you are a very civil person and I just love having you on the show. So thank you once again. Ernie, thank you so much for, uh, for interacting, for, you know, uh, inviting me back um, and allowing me to have this opportunity and this platform to talk about the issues that, um, that we're seeing. I really, really appreciate it. I know. I felt like we could talk for another hour. We could. One thing I didn't get to talk about that I think is an interesting part of this discussion, um, and it goes to the now recent focus on utilization is uh, veterinary schools, schools of veterinary medicine. So rather than using third and fourth year students as free labor in their hospitals, they should be hiring credentialed technicians, using credentialed technicians appropriately, and then teaching, instead of teaching those physical skills, teaching delegation, diagnostics, teaching the doctor stuff rather than teaching them technical skills. Well, and that needs to come from the top down in terms of veterinary schools, in terms of utilization is what I hear her saying, is saying that, you know, yes, they should have their opportunities, but at the same time, if they see how technicians should be used, but at the same time, it was NC State that told credential technicians to stop flaunting their credential. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that's the problem. That's a problem. So it's a top down issue. Like it 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 starts there. It really does. Yeah, you're exactly right. Well, you've heard what we have to say. Now we want to hear from you. Obviously, this is a hot topic and there's lots of opinions. And as long as you keep it civil and don't do any name calling or use dirty words, we're all down with you sharing with us on social media. We want to hear what you have to say about the Veterinary Nurse Initiative and the unification of the title. I feel like we could get some pictures of different name tags and see like what is on your name tag currently. Does your practice use correct titles? What kinds of things have you already been doing? I know I was definitely in one of those practices when I was a youngin where they called me a veterinary technician and I wasn't. I was a vet assistant and I didn't know what to put on my application when I got into vet school. So share your stories, share your struggles with us on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder, on Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder and leave us a review. We want to know what kind of topics you like hearing about, whether or not you find the podcast interesting. And the best place to do that is on iTunes. Help push us to the top of the list at iTunes by clicking to subscribe, leaving some stars and a review that helps us get the most. So when you click to subscribe, you don't miss one great episode of the Veterinary Viewfinder. Until next time, I don't really care what you call me. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Sir Ernie Ward, (laughs) Earl Ernie Ward. My brain is fried. Once again, Liz (laughs) has completely broken every neural circuit. Great, great. That's that's what I was hoping. Real hard. Good. (laughs) He broke it.